This is our Pacific Northwest Music. We're going to be talking to local musicians, bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Our PNW Music, or our website, ourpnwmusic.com. Skagit Valley, you don't want to miss this. All right, it's time to welcome Mr. Tim Langford to Our PNW Music. Welcome to the show. Hey, man, thank you. Thanks for having me. Right on. So do you go by uh, Tim or Too Slim? I'm not sure what, uh, what to call you here on the show. Depends on who's talking to me. <laughs> right on, I, I I get it, man. I get it. So let's let's talk about uh, kind of who how people might kind of know who you are. Two Slim and the Tail Draggers. Um, you know what? Uh, where where might people have heard of you before? And uh, you know, just kind of get into yourself a little bit there. Well, you know, started the band in uh, Spokane, Washington, hmm. 1986. Um, I had, uh, just, uh, come out of a band I had formed, uh, called the Studebakers, which was a kind of a rockabilly punk band, um, that, uh, started in Spokane too. So, but I, I wanted to move to kind of an original blues, um, format, um, after the Studebakers. And so, um, right January 1st, 1986, that's when I switched gears. <laughs> right on. Well, that's a, it's a cool name. Now, Now you have to kind of get into that a little bit now. Um, is Too Slim kind of like a stage name type of thing? Or is that is that a nickname for you? How does that work? Yeah, nickname, yeah. I, had, I got that nickname when I was in the Studebakers from uh, my singer, who was in that, that band, Curtis um Curtis Graham was his name, and so he, he, I don't know why he just started calling me Too Slim. Is you know because I, I I used to before I started this new bakers I played in this uh, country band called the Ombres, um, <laughs> and, and so um, I, you know so I, I had this cowboy hat. I, I just kind of stuck with, <laughs> kept wearing it. And, um, so, but he he. he there is, do you remember the band called uh, Riders in the Sky? That sounds um, familiar. They were they were like Nashville kind of a um, yodely country band, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they actually they actually had a TV show or something like that. They were I was always on the Pee Wee Herman show, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, and, yeah, and stuff. But but they had a guy in the band. Um, one of the guys in the band was named Too Slim, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so he goes, yeah, you kind of look like that guy in the Riders in the Sky. Um, so he, he started calling me Too Slim, and it just stuck, I, you know. And um, so and when I started Too Slim and the Tail Dragons, I didn't really want to call the band Too Slim and the Tail Dragons, but <laughs> I got talked into it. <laughs> oh, right on. I like the name. I really like your logo, too. Um, you know, yeah. just uh, it, it's a cool tie-in. Uh, let's jump first uh, before we get going too far into a song, and uh, I kind of want to pull yeah. out uh, a song off the Remedy, and it's called "Devil's yeah. Hostage." Can you uh, can yeah. you kind of talk about that song a little bit before we play it? Uh, when we recorded um, the Remedy in Nashville um, at my bass player Zach Kosick's studio called Wild Feather Recording, we recorded it late February, early March, and um, this is, you know, before right about the time the pandemic, hmm. you know, <laughs> hit hit the fan, and so, um, you know, we had the whole year lined up with the tour, to promote the album and everything, and um, but yeah, the Devil Tosses was a song I wrote. It was kind of a modern day, uh, or my my version of, you know, the Robert Johnson Crossroads, you know, <laughs> Devil mm. the Crossroads um song so um so you know that's kind of the where, where i got the idea uh felt like you know like you know i'm the devil's office so, <laughs> you know being in the you know this blues world and being a musician all that stuff you know you got to make a lot of sacrifices so does your family and stuff so 
you know, this kind of popped into my head, um, that title. So I just went with it.
right, we're back with Timothy Langford, and uh, that was his song, uh, the song "Devil's Hostage." This is uh, Too Slim and the Tail Tail Draggers, and that was off the Remedy album. Uh, hey, uh, Too Slim, can you kind of get in a little bit? Uh, uh, you know, you are known for your guitar, and uh, I really want to kind of you just kind of dive into that. Can you kind of describe your style? I mean, obviously, you know, kind of blues, but uh, where did that come from for you? Well. Um... When I first started playing guitar, um, the reason I started playing guitar in the first place is I, uh, you know, I started going to concerts, you know, when I was probably, you know, 13 years old, 14, something like that. Mm. And the one, the one thing that really like, uh, made me decide I want to play guitar is I saw ZZ Top live at the Spokane (laughs) Coliseum. And, um, it was just blew my blew my mind as you know such a great show and so much high energy and stuff like that and i was just like man that's what i want to do you know <laughs> and i i had i had a um i had a older cousin who was a musician so you know um I, I always you know like he always had guitars and stuff and he played in bands and so i i just you know i kind of looked up to him and uh, you know, so I, the bug was planted before that, you know, and, um, and I just really liked music. I just, you know, I was like, like a huge music fan. I was, when I was a little kid, I was, you know, saw the Beatles on TV and, um, <laughs> you know, so then after that, um, started, I got my first record that I got, I was probably in the third grade. I got uh, the Beatles second album for Christmas. Mm. And so after that, you know, my brothers were all into music. So, you know, we all just kept buying records and, you know, as, you know, we got older, you know, we start picking up new records and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, they, they would buy an album and, and then, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, it's a great band. You know, like Black Sabbath album or something like that. Oh, yeah. Leonard's, you know, Leonard Skinner, whatever, you know, so, um, it was just, you know, I just loved music. Period. I, I just had to had to do it. And my friend of mine down who lived down the street, um, one of my best friends, I we were down at his house one day, and he had a, an acoustic guitar sitting in the corner, and I asked him if I could borrow it, and, and he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, man." And so um, I took it home, and it was you know horrible guitar it was <laughs> had like you know these, you know bailing wire for strings and the strings were like you know quarter inch above the <laughs> fretboard it was old harmony guitar so i was bound and determined to learn how to play it and i finally got up the nerve to um you know my dad hated rock and roll and stuff so i finally got nervous i said you know i want to take some lessons uh, i just walked up to him one day i go you I'm going to take guitar lessons. You're going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he kind of looked at me and went, okay. <laughs> so, but they, you know, my parents were always just supportive. They never, you know, they were never like, oh, you got to get a real job and stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, I worked and stuff when I was younger, but I made a decision at one point in my life that I was going to try to make a living play, being a musician. So, um, and I was dead set on it. <laughs> so, 1982, I quit all the, you know, I had a job at a hotel, Red Lion Motor Inn. Um, it was like a bell captain or something like that. And, and uh, finally, I just, you know, I was in bands at the time. I played with Spokane Jazz Orchestra, and I played in this country band. And then I started the Studebakers, which actually started out as a 50s uh rock cover band because the red lion on sunday night they wanted to have a 50s band so i got all my buddies together and you know we started playing all these 50s covers <laughs> and <laughs> i started working in uh all this other stuff that i liked um you know because they had a playlist they wanted me to play and had a list of songs and but I started sneaking in stuff yeah. like uh, <laughs> fabulous, fabulous Thunderbird songs and stuff like that. They, I remember I got called into the office one one time um, from the general manager. He's like, you're looking at the, my set list, and I go, what? You know, what's this song that you're playing here? It's like, it's like uh, I'm tough, you know? And I'm like, 
there's a fabulous Thunderbird song up there first album, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a whole fifty song. Ah. <laughs> I con conned my way through it, and, but uh, that band eventually um, uh, metamorphosized into original uh, rockabilly kind of punk band, you know. And uh, we, you know, we traveled all over the place and paid our dues, went down to L.A., cut an EP, and um, it just kind of, you know, it, but, you know, it just kind of fell apart at one point because I, um, I, I remember the, the turning point for me was I was in uh, college uh, at the, with the, Spoke, you know, like uh, Spokane Community College. I was playing in the jazz orchestra there, and the bass player had, told me that he goes you got to go down to this club in downtown Spokane I wasn't old enough to go in there but he goes you like blues right and I'm like yeah and he goes there's a band down there you got to go see them and they're called the Robert Cray band and uh. so um I went down with a fake idea and I got in <laughs> <laughs> and and that was it I was like hooked they were so good and I um I decided right then and there I was going to form a original blues band <laughs> oh that's cool i got a bass player from the studebakers at the time went with me and i found a new drummer and fired everybody else and <laughs> started this <laughs> new band. before we get going too far tim uh let's let let's get into another song because we got uh, we got a few to play here uh and and i want to cut back to that but uh let's let's uh let's check out the song uh, maybe you could talk about Last Last Chance, which is also off uh, the Remedy. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was another uh, song. I, I when I wrote that song, I was, I was uh, r- really listening to the band The Faces uh, mm. at the time, and I want and I I love their kind of rock and roll groove that they had. So I, I just wanted to write a song that had that groove um, of the Faces, like in the seventies. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the lyrics were just, you know, kind of whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it was, um, you know, obviously a story about uh, somebody's last, last chance of bullshit, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was uh, the whole the whole concept of that song was trying to, you know, uh, capture that feel of, like the stones or the faces in the early 70s so but yeah last last chance tired of doing the dance and i ain't gonna take it no more
back with Timothy Langford. Too Slim and the Tail Draggers is the name of the band. That's uh, the last, last chance off the Remedy album. And, uh, man, I kind of want to pick up right where you were talking before that song. I, I hate just kind of like not even mentioning the song after I just played, but uh, you were really getting into some <laughs> stories back from, uh, you know, kind of forming the band and stuff. And uh, I don't know, even if you don't take off there, you, I, I just kind of want to hear you talk about that kind of stuff. It's some cool stories. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I ended up uh, after, you know, a year or two um, kind of, getting um one of the drummer from the Studebakers, John Cage, he had moved to LA after we broke up the Studebakers and um and he ended up moving back to Spokane. So um the bass player that I had in the Studebakers at the end was a guy named Tom Brim. And um so I ended up getting kind of the original rhythm section or, you know, back, it wasn't the original rhythm section, but the rhythm section that I had, uh, you know, that was the Studebakers. And so we, um, for a while, we were a four-piece band. We had a guy named Greg Pendleton who played saxophone and keyboards, but um, we ended up stripping it down to a trio. And so, but Tom and John, so we were a trio for, you know, most like almost 20 years with those two guys. So, uh, wow. you know, and we uh, recorded, um, God, I don't know, you know, probably like eight albums or something like that is that trio. And we traveled all over the country and the world. We signed up with a record label out of Portland, Oregon called Burnside Records. I did the first couple albums on with my, you know, my own money, a friend of mine loaned me some money, um, a guy named Wayne Everspecher. He's a guy I went to high school with, and so he loaned me some money to record my, our first two albums, and and then we got uh, hooked up with uh, that Portland upstart label, Burnside Records, and we did like five, I think it was five albums with them before they folded, <laughs> and then... Um, you last. You guys lasted longer than they did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much outlasted everything. <laughs> um, so then I, I, you know, by then I just went ahead and you know, started, you know, doing it with my own label, Underworld Records, I called it, and uh, and so you know, then I did like uh, what. Uh, first record after Burnside folded I did with Tales of Sin and Redemption about 2002 or three, something like that. And so I did a bunch of, a series of albums up through, uh, let's see, the, we did uh, Tales of Sin and Redemption, Fortune Teller, Free Your Mind, Shiver, and um, uh, let's see, I, I did a, a album called Blue Heart and Blood Moon. I did them all on Underworld Records. And that took me up to like 2016. And then um, I partnered with the label out of the East Coast, out of Boston, Vidstone Label Group um, for our last two albums. So, um, which was High Desert Heat and The Remedy. So that was, you know, that was good because it was, um, it gave us uh, better, you know, distribution stuff. We distributed our records through uh, Red Eye Distribution out of the East Coast. And we got quite a bit more, uh, um, you know, distribution. They had a way better distribution than because uh, Burnside Records folded and then they kind of fold, started Burnside Distribution Company. So, um uh, you know that our records were on my label, but we distributed through Burnside Distribution before that. Well, Tim, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, how how did that change? Then uh, I want to bring in. Uh, I have a couple other songs to play, but since you mentioned it, I kind of want to bring in a song off of High Desert Heat, if you don't mind. Um, you mm -hmm. can maybe talk about what you said and and maybe kind of talk about the recording. How, how was that any different than than some of your past stuff? Then when you hooked up with this new label. 
Well, yeah, I, what ended up happening was I, I moved from Spokane to Seattle uh, and met my wife, and we moved to Seattle. I lived in Seattle from like 2004 to 2012, and um, and in 2012 we we moved to Nashville, and so um, I I got a, a new rhythm section when I moved to Nashville, and we met some Nashville musicians. So, um, you know, so that, that that was kind of a big shift because uh, the and the guys that I play with now are still live in Nashville. And I spend part of my time in Nashville right now. So me and my wife live in Idaho, but I have, I spend time like I kind of go back and forth between Nashville and Idaho right now. But uh, yeah, the um, you know the, they're great musicians, um, and going to Nashville was a you know it was like a real <laughs> kind of a eye opener. In a lot of ways, yeah, because you know, there's so many great musicians down there and stuff. So, um, it was when I moved there, I, uh, you know, I felt like it was like started meeting so many people. I was like, man, you're, you know, I really had to like up my game. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, it was kind of intimidating, you know. So, but, um, I, I, I the band I have now is like I think I think it's the best lineup I've had so um, in a lot of ways because uh, the versatility of the musicians and stuff so and I you know I felt like all of our albums um, I felt like they kind of like went in series of threes you know like they would have a similar sound for three and then all of a sudden we would it would be a different, you know, evolution of the band. So, um, and, uh, the remedy, their latest album was, uh, I just got a notification that made the top 50 albums of living blues, uh, magazine for 2020, but it made a lot of, you know, top 10, 20, 20, uh, readers polls and stuff like that, you know, or critics polls for best albums of 2020. That's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't want to talk too long uh, without playing a song, then we can get back into it. But uh, uh, off that High Desert Heat album, why don't you talk about the song, What You Said? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, well, I was into this kind of uh, um, Robin Trower groove from the previous album, Blood Moon. I, I was listening to it. <laughs> I, I, I was always into, when I was younger, you know, like Hendrix and Robin Trower and, you know, uh, Eric Clapton, all and that kind of blues rock, you know. But I kind of had revisited, um, listened to a lot of Robin Trower music. So um, when I when I did Blood Moon and the album before High Desert Heat and High Desert Heat, there's a lot of Robin Trower influence. I was trying to, um, you know, kind of, cop that kind of blues rock groove you know that power blues rock groove and so um in the the song what you said you know everybody can relate to a song like that because i'm sure somewhere along the line you know somebody's said something to somebody else that they didn't really mean what they said but, but you know so um Anyway, yeah, it was uh, that song has a definite Robin Tower influence.
Slim and the Tail Draggers. That was a song, What You Said, off the High Desert Heat album. Uh, you know, let's get back a little bit. Uh, so so you're, you're pretty uh, pretty happy with your lineup, obviously, uh, right now. Um, and, and, you know, you were kind of talking about what I kind of was wondering is uh, you, you, you've come with some really cool stories. Uh, and I'm kind of curious if you know, like, do you have any of those stories you kind of pull out, maybe from the road, maybe from a, a certain gig you did one time or something? Uh, you seem like uh, you might have some some uh, some good stories, uh, some some fun stuff. I don't know if I want to tell those. Stories. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of stories <laughs> for sure. I have to write a book about it sometime. <laughs> I, I was kind of wondering, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there, you know, there's just so many things that happen on the road. Um, it's, I, I've had the band for 35 years now, so um, to pick out <laughs> one particular story, you know, I, I, I couldn't even pull it off the top of my head. It's <laughs> true. I hear you. you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I I completely understand that. That's a tough one. I've been I've been. I, I was actually uh, I don't tell us uh, talk about myself too much, but I was a bouncer for a long time, 
and uh, and and man, I I got so many stories, and somebody puts me on the spot. Well, tell me a story, and it's just like, I I don't know, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, man. Uh, there's so many. It's like, uh. <laughs> um, well, let's yeah. jump let's jump right into another song off the new album, then uh, off the the remedy album, the song Reckless. Reckless, yeah, that was uh, my uh, bass player Zach Kosick. That was uh, pretty much his song. Um, he, I remember we uh, after High Desert he came out. You know, uh, I think it was in twenty. It came out in twenty eighteen. But um, when we uh, came went out to go on tour, you know, we started rehearsing. Of course, they were like, oh, "Okay, we got some." You know, people got new songs and stuff and. Zach kind of threw that one out there at a rehearsal one time, and so we kind of worked on it, and I, it stuck in my head. And um, so when we went to uh, record uh, the remedy, I was like, "Man, what's that one song we were doing jamming on that one time, right?" <laughs> and uh, it, you know, he he re- you know he really wanted to do a song with that Bo Diddley groove, mm-hmm. and so. Um, you know, we worked, you know, banged it out and fine-tuned it. He didn't have all the words written um, when we went to record it. So I remember us all sitting in the <laughs> control room and we're like, okay, you know, you know, it's like, okay, oh my God, we got to write some more lyrics. And so we're all sat around and, you know, finished up the lyrics. But it's a fun song. We, um, I'm really looking forward to playing that one live.
bottom where I belong. And so that reminds me of a story, actually. Um, I re- we played, uh, we backed up Bo Diddley, actually, many times in the student base. First time was, um, I think it was, uh, it was the late 80s, um, maybe like 88 or 9 or something like that. The first time we played with Bo Diddley, he came to Spokane. And we played with him at this club called uh, um, Ahab's Whale. And, you know, he just came by himself. And so, you know, the guy who was the promoter, like, he really liked our band. He goes, oh, it's just a perfect band to back you back up Bo Diddley, right? So we went to, I remember we went to the first rehearsal. And, uh, and he, he just, like, it, we rehearsed for, like, 15 minutes. And he goes, okay, do you guys know how to play shuffle? <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah. So we whipped into a shuffle. He goes, he stops us. And he goes, okay. Okay, so do you know how to play slow blues? Okay, six, eight, boom. Okay, perfect. Uh, you know how to do, you know. And he didn't want to, he did the Bo Diddley beat, but he didn't want to play the Bo Diddley beat. He wanted to play straight rock beat, like boom, boom, you know. So we did, you know, like Who Do You Love, boom, like that. And it was like, Okay, do that. Don't play the Bo Diddy beat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, and then we did a stroll, you know, boo, kind of a thing. And so that was the rehearsal. And then we just we just showed up at the gig and banged it out. <laughs> but it went off great, and um, and he was a coot man. He was he was he was a really super nice guy. He was really funny. He knew how to keep the you know the audience in the palm of his hand, and uh, you know he just flew with it, man. I was, it was a real um, education at the time for me because I, I'm like, man, this guy, you know, he's just like he's got four grooves and he just like got the you know. So we ended up backing him up over you know so many years. Probably did about a dozen shows with him. Every time he'd come to the Northwest, he'd have us back him up. So. That's really that cool. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think, uh, maybe even subconsciously, do you think you've learned a lot from him then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was just, he just, he just flowed out of him, the music, you know, he just, just like, uh, and, and, uh, it, the thing I learned the most about it was he, he just kept the groove solid, you know, it was like he, it was all about the groove. Hmm. And so he did, you know, he didn't deviate from the groove, but it was, he was able to bring the dynamics to any particular song, you know, build it up, bring it down, build it up, bring it down. And, um, you know, it was, I, I, it was like, well, you know, you think you like, you know, you got to change up the tune, but it, it was hypnotic it was he just would hypnotize the audience with with the groove <laughs> so that's what i learned about it's like you don't really have to um you know it's like the original rock and roll guys it's like it was all about the feel and stuff so you know and i, I you know i grew up listening to jazz and progressive uh you know jazz rock and everything and all this really technical <laughs> you know, kind of rhythmic stuff. The the energy of just a solid hypnotic groove, it's just, you know, it really taught me a lot how, you know, if you can keep it solid, keep the people dancing, you know, you're there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, that's cool. It, it's kind of neat uh, to be able to do something like that and, and uh, you know, round your own uh, talents off with uh, with you know the assistance of of that kind of talent uh, as well yeah so. so another funny another funny story about that was he wanted to take us to back him up in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he gave me he gave me his manager's number right and we had this live recording of the show that uh we did with uh bo diddley and bo like yeah man i you know i really want you guys to play with this I got these shows down in Las Vegas. Here's my manager's number. Give him a call. Tell him I, you know, I, I sent you. I want you to play with me. You know? so, so I call up this guy and 
some guy from New York or something. He's like, and I sent, I go, yeah, Bo, you know, gave me a number. He wants us to back him up in Las Vegas and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I'm gonna send you this tape and stuff. <laughs> so he goes, okay, yeah, send me the tape. And so I sent him the tape, and I call him back. You know, after he gets it, a couple of weeks later, and um, <laughs> he's like, uh, I go, yeah, did you hear? Listen to the tape. And he goes, yeah, worst piece of shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> 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 and he's like, yeah, but Bo, Bo wants you, so uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, let's. Uh, he goes, and I go, okay, so when, you know, he tells me what the dates are and stuff, and I go, so, um, you know, I told him what our terms were and stuff, and, you know, I'll send you the contract. He goes, you know, you know, you know, you send me a contract, man, oh, my word's as good as gold. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that ain't gonna work for me. <laughs> so, so we ended up, we ended up not, not doing it. <laughs> oh, man. It was such a crack up. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's typical you know new york you know managers like yeah 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 whatever you know i, I could just see the band going down there playing the gig and not getting paid you know, so. oh man uh, well yeah it's better to better to think about that ahead of time and, and not run into that issue oh man uh well yeah. let's play another song here uh high desert heat album uh broken white line oh yeah that's a that's one of zach's songs I want to, you know, tell you who's playing in the band right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 please. On the on the drums, uh, my uh, Jeff Shaky Folks on the drums, who is uh, he used to play he 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 used to play with Kid Rock in um, the really early days and stuff, and he played with a a band called uh, Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise, who were hugely popular in the '90s, had you know stuff on MTV and stuff. And uh, he, he's a Detroit native, moved to Nashville about two years before I got there. And so, but he's been playing with me ever since I moved to Nashville. And then uh, on the bass, I got uh, a guy named uh, Zach Kosick, who's originally from uh, Yankton, South Dakota, who uh, ended up moving to LA. And he were, he was, uh, he's a musician, but he he was also a studio engineer at Ocean Way Studios for about ten years, and um, so uh, that's my current band, Zach Kosick and Jeff Shaky Folks on the drums, and they both sing and you know play, and they're both songwriters. And uh, Zach has a great uh, new studio down there called Wild Feather Recording, and so. Um, that's where we recorded the remedy, but anyway. So I just wanted. Nice, yeah. No, I'm glad you did. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and and you said one so, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Broken white line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zach wrote that song. So and that that was one that was one of the first songs Zach introduced to me um, as a songwriter um, after he joined the band and. Uh, it's a great song, you know. Zach's a great songwriter too. So he wrote five five of the songs, pretty much on the remedy. So, and he I, I, he wrote three songs on High Desert Heat. So um, um, he's a great musician. He's a good singer. It was funny. I when Zach joined the band, I didn't know he sang, hmm. and we were in the van driving down, you know, to the next gig one time and. He throws in this CD of some stuff and you know starts playing. I'm like, who's this? And he's like, no, oh, that's me and my brother's band. And I go, who's singing? And he's like, me. And I go, well, you're singing in this band now. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, super super talented guys, and they're great to be on the road with, and great guys, and I feel lucky to play with them. So. Two hits for pain I load the pistol, spin the wheel and let it ring And I dive deep Into the bottom of a wishing well Wish me 
This is uh, Timothy Langford we're talking to from Too Slim and the Tail Draggers. That was Broken White Line off the High Desert Heat album. And, uh, man, uh, you're sitting there talking about uh, Zach's from South Dakota. I never met anybody from South Dakota. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, his dad, and I, I met his family, and his brother's a, a really good musician, too, himself. Um um, he's a guitar player and songwriter, but they had a, they're at their own band. They're called the Lug Nuts for a lot of years, and uh, but they they lived down. Uh, they moved, both moved down to L.A. when they were like you know eight, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, whatever, and uh, you know had a series of bands and stuff down there. So, but um, I yeah, I met Zach. Uh, one, uh, he's been in the band about. I guess five years now, maybe four or five years. So, but it's, you know, it's a great combo band really clicks. And so, you know, and his, the fact that he sings and we, you know, we've been incorporating more and more harmonies. Shaky's a great harmony singer and stuff. So when I originally, you know, in the early days of the band, I was the only one that sang, so it was a lot of work. And so I welcome uh, the fact that they sing and can sing harmonies. 
Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, so, hey, hey, uh, yeah. Too Slim, let's talk about where people can find your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, we sell our CDs off our website, which is www.tooslim.net. Uh, we have T-shirts, CDs, hats. Um, you can also download most of our albums off of our website. But we're we're you know we're available on Amazon Music, iTunes, Pandora, Spotify. Um, yeah, you know Facebook. We have, you know uh, like our Facebook page, Too Slim and Detail Dragons. Got my own personal page, Tim Langford, and. Um, but yeah, any we're pretty much available any digital um or you know, uh retail outlet stuff's available in record stores and stuff, so um but uh we'll send it to you direct from T Slim dot net. Ah, nice, I like that. Uh well hey, uh my my uh my usual co host whenever we do in in person interviews is Christine uh, and uh, yeah. and she said that she lived off you uh, in her early twenties, going to your going to your gigs and whatnot. And um, I guess she was quite <laughs> the fan back uh, when she was in her twenties. I, I don't know when that was. That's I don't awesome. want to date her, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We're uh, well, you know, we we probably played uh, when I started the band. My goal was like I didn't care. I was gonna bound to turn. I play any place, so. We probably played every little town and big town and middle-sized town in the state of Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Montana, <laughs> you know, in the beginning for, you know, a lot of a lot of years. So, you know, um, we have a really solid uh, um, fan base of uh, hardcore people. But, um, you know, we've, uh, we've been a road band the whole time, so... And we played all over the U.S. and um, Canada and Europe and, um, and, you know, that's what we do. We're road band, except for this year or last year. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> you know, it's, you know this is, it's really, that's really been a, you know, a hard. I mean, I, I've been on the road my, my whole life, you know, playing music, being on tour and, Last year, I, I tell you what, it was, it was kind of a mind mm. f you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It was like I didn't, I, I really had a hard time, you know. It was uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, man, I I can only be imagine. honest with yeah. you, you know. Well, I mean, I kept trying. You know, it was like <laughs> you didn't know what to do. It was like, you know, we had all the whole year of 2020 book solid. Mm. And then it was like a row of dominoes. It just kept in. You don't know. Like even now, I don't even, you know, we've got a handful of gigs booked into 2021, but you can't get, people don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, all my you know, musician friends are in the same boat. And, um, you know, it's so, you know, I, I I feel bad for all my friends, all my musician friends and stuff. And um, all they can say is I hope people understand that, you know, we're all just trying to hang in there and we, you know, we're dying to get out on the road. And, um, you know, every little bit helps. So buy a record. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> Timothy Langford, thanks so much for coming on our P&W Music. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to play out the song Trouble.
Thanks for listening to our Pacific Northwest music. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next month. Thanks so much to our friends Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Wood. Ooh, you wouldn't want to miss this.